0: People, listen, please. If your life
1: would to end today, where would you spend eternity? Do you know where you go in the afterlife?
2: Welcome to the Cross Currents Radio Show, your spiritual speaker's corner, broadcast and podcast. The culture is confused about Easter. What could chocolate bunnies and painted eggs possibly have to do with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? What's so good about Good Friday? In this series, our outreach radio team is keeping the cross current by taking the time to go, tell, and broadcast real-time street conversations with everyday people in the hope that all who hear the good news will come to believe. Please also make sure to keep listening until the very end of each episode as TCC radio host Corey McKenna helps us to see the role that we each play among the cast of characters in the most scandalous execution in human history and the life and death decision we all must face as a result. And with that in mind, let's get this show on the road. In the studio and on the street with the Cross Current Radio Show.
1: Okay, this is Eric with TCC Radio, and uh, we're talking with people tonight about Easter, okay? And so what we want to know is, do you guys celebrate Easter, What and for what reason? Scott? Uh, yes, we do celebrate Easter, uh, mostly because our families celebrate
3: it, but obviously there's religious implications of the holiday, such as the four days after Passover, and, you know, the resurrection of Jesus, of course. <laughs> right, right, and how about
1: you, Janessa?
4: Uh, the same.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, so have you guys got, like, a spiritual background? Uh, yes, we do. Okay, what's
3: that? Um, like, brethren, Baptists, you want the sect here? <laughs> no,
1: yeah, no, that's, that's cool, that's, and same with you, Jess?
4: Yeah, we're both Christians, and we go to a Baptist church. Okay,
1: oh, okay, great, well, that's cool. So, uh, Good Friday is actually a statutory holiday in Canada, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, so, that means that at some point in time, someone thought it was important enough for us to take the day off of work and think about Good Friday. Now, can you tell me, what is so good about Good Friday. Uh, well, it was the day that Jesus was crucified.
3: I mean, technically, it's not the actual day, of course, but um, it's important. I think the the country is founded on uh, religious uh, beliefs, uh, mostly Christian. Obviously, the Western ideals. Uh, so it is important that we do celebrate the society that we've come from, our ancestry, of course. And yeah, it's
1: important because it was obviously the day that Jesus was crucified. So okay, Chirasho, yeah. you agree with that? I second that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, do you know what? Uh, you guys obviously know what crucifixion is, then. If if that's the case, what do you think is so good? You said that the fact that Jesus died on Good Friday is part of why Good Friday is good. So, what do you think is good about uh, the death of Jesus?
3: Well, the death of Jesus was uh, to symbolize the—he's uh, taking that on himself for all of humanity, so they could also be saved.
1: He was—he ta- was taking what on himself?
3: Uh, the burden of sin of all of uh, humanity, so he could be, so we could all be saved. So, without him being crucified, he couldn't be resurrected again, uh, and that would be. That would defeat the entire purpose of Christianity, <laughs> as he is the son
1: of God. So, yeah. Okay, uh, Janessa, you, uh, you second that, I imagine, yes. right?
4: Yes, I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, you guys must be at least fairly on the same page if you're walking around in this kind of weather together. So um, so in John 3, uh, Nicodemus comes to, Je- or comes to Jesus by night, and he says, what must I do and all that? And Jesus says uh, that you must be born again, and unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So um, what, is, what is being born again? And uh, do you believe in the necessity of being born again?
3: Uh, I do believe in the necessity of being born again. Uh, maybe not in the technical terms of being like, baptized, for instance. I know that, I know the spiritual ramifications of that, and I obviously understand what that means, but I do believe that you have to be born again, you have to accept it into your heart, because it's it's not given to you. Um, everybody has sinned, and until you can actually fully understand the, the ramifications of what you believe, and what you when you ask them into your heart what you believe, until you can make that kind of 180 in your life to follow Him truly, I think that you can enter the, the kingdom of heaven.
1: Okay, what about you, Janessa?
4: Yeah, I agree. I think that it's a choice that you have to make, and and until you make that choice and actually ask him into your heart and ask for forgiveness, I think that it's a necessity.
1: Okay, so um, is there a role in uh, being saved for repentance, and what and what is that? I think there is. Yeah, of course. Um,
3: I think repentance is an important part. Like I said, a one hundred and eighty uh, of what you're doing. Um I think being saved is I think repentance is in fact being born again I think um even though you could live a good life and you could understand like I said moral compass you live you make your decisions based on right and wrongness I, I still think that you do need to understand that you have to follow Christ and let him into your heart before you can truly enter the kingdom of heaven. So repentance, is, in a way, is, is not so much that you have sinned or that you've lived a life full of sin. It's just that you are now understanding that it's sin and you need to understand you have to ask for forgiveness in,
1: in certain situations. So, Okay, how does repentance affect one's actual outward actions?
3: Well I, think, well, I think repentance in and of itself is, of course, just understanding that you've committed wrong, but I think your actions towards other people should also be part of that as well. So not only should you tr- should you act better in-, in accordance with Jesus Christ, but I think you should be able to, to be a gospel or a message towards other people as well.
1: Okay, well, this has been an interesting conversation because <laughs> most of the time when we have these conversations, we just randomly pick people on the street, right? So we don't usually end up talking to people who have your point of view. We usually end up talking to people who have the opposite point of view of ourselves. <laughs> You know, yeah. right? So, um, do you guys share your faith with others on a regular basis? Uh, we are more. We try to be uh, approachable, and
3: I and I actually I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, I just kind of you know wait till people ask me quietly. I I do live by my faith, and people understand that I have it. A lot of my friends do, even though a lot of friends are not Christian at all, which I think is an important thing for us. So we do live by that way, and we do get asked quite a bit about it by our friends, and so we do, we are really open about it, and I think we do show our friends. Uh, what we mean when we when we say we're Christians.
1: Right, how about you, Janessa?
4: Yeah, I think the same. It's not like we're on the streets talking to random people, telling them what our thoughts are, but if the subject is broached, then definitely we're completely open to telling people our thoughts and values and everything.
1: Right, right. I'm gonna challenge you just a little bit now, okay? Uh, now, the apostles and the example in the Bible uh, what's the example in the Bible as far as people sharing their faith and does it line up with what you just said? Oh, no, <laughs> no, not at all. I
3: mean, if you're looking at, you know, the Peter and Pauls of the world, then yeah, no, we're not even close to that. But I think in this day and age, especially with uh, the Western civilization uh, and people, people kind of come to this whole postmodernist philosophy and thinking that, you know, everything should just be cool and be their own person. I feel like if we were to be, you know, on the street corner preaching or, you know, standing up. Like for stuff like that against tyranny, I think we'd alienate a lot of people, which we don't want to do.
1: Do you think is the biblical example um, like Paul and Peter, as you as you mentioned, and not only them but other Christians sure, yeah. and other and other uh, Christians through history since then, yeah. right? So, um, do you think that they alienated a lot of people? Yes, for sure. Okay, how about you, Janessa?
4: I completely agree. Yes.
1: So, do you think that alienating people it, because you're preaching the truth? Um, is uh, is somehow wrong, or do you think that maybe it just makes you uncomfortable?
3: Uh, I I well, it doesn't get uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, it makes everyone uncomfortable. Yeah. But I I really do believe that the best way to get people to turn, especially ones, so say you're, you're preaching on the corner and 50 people are like, oh, rolling their eyes at you, and that guy's an idiot, and, and that solidifies their opinion that Christians Christians are all crazy, you know, preachers on the corner, and they walk away. and Then one person, you know, comes to you. I know it's a great I know it's a great success in heaven. You know, heaven celebrates for every one person that turns towards the Father. But I think for us, our personal friends are the ones that we really care about. We would love for them to go to heaven with us. We really would. And I I feel like if we were to become, you know, Billy Graham style, preaching at them, I think that we might alienate them, and that would be really sad for both of us.
1: Well, yeah, no, I'm just speaking about uh, society at large. Not necessarily, like, people that you're close to. uh, I would agree with you. Like, I, I speak to my family a certain way. And I don't know you guys, you know, and I had no idea what you guys were going to say to me when I, when I brought this up with you, right? So I speak to other people in a different way, you know? So anyways, I just want to encourage you guys that, to really search the scriptures because what does the Bible say? Faith comes by... Faith alone. Faith comes by hearing right sir sure. faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god okay. right that's yeah. what the bible says and it says how can they hear without a preacher, without a preacher? <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so faith comes by hearing the word of god okay and how can this lost and dying world hear without a preacher you know, and the Bible says that preaching is foolishness to the world, right? Uh, but that's but the Bible also is very clear. If you read through 1 Corinthians, you know, it's the foolishness of preaching, the Bible calls it. that. That's the means by which God has chosen to bring truth into this world, okay? And so I would just encourage you guys to be like... You know, I understand speaking with people who are close to you in, in that way. But uh, you talk about preaching on the corner and stuff. About an hour ago, that's what I was doing over there in front of Old Quebec Street. You know, and we got guys down there doing the same thing right now as the as the hockey game's getting out and people are coming out. So yeah, I would just encourage like that's that is the biblical model, and uh, so that's why we, that's why we do that. And I I just saying this to try to make you feel like crummy Christians. I I honestly just want to like encourage you to be bold with your faith and and uh and to talk with even strangers about it because i can tell you from my own experience when i first started doing it i was nervous man and like i felt like i feel like a just a total loser and like i'm bothering these people and all that you'd be amazed even when i don't have this microphone you'd be amazed at how many people we talk to that really enjoy talking about it and even if they totally disagree, at the end of the conversation, they're like, you gave me something to think about. Thanks a lot. You guys have a good night, you know? So let me ask you a question, because this is, this is a, uh, a hypothetical dire situation, okay? Say my buddy Justin here was without Christ, and you knew he was without Christ. He wasn't saved, okay? And he's laying on the street right here with a knife sticking out of his back, and he had three minutes left to live. What would you tell him? Hi, this is Eric with TCC Radio. We'll get you back on the street with Scott and Janessa in a few, but first here's how you can partner in the gospel with us.
2: Canada needs Christ. Will you prayerfully give to our great mission of airing and sharing? Airing this outreach radio show further across Canada and equipping more churches in Canada to share Christ? If so, go to the crosscurrent.com/give and choose the giving option that's best for you. We thank God for you and your partnership in his gospel.
1: And he's laying on the street right here with a knife sticking out of his back and he had 3 minutes left to live. What would you tell him? I'm assuming you want me to say the word of God. <laughs> no, I just want you to say what you would honestly tell him.
3: Well, I'd probably have a few questions for him uh, based on his predicament. But other sure. than that, yeah, I would. I would probably uh, ask him how what his faith was, where he thought he was going after, because he was probably going to die. I'm assuming you're. Yeah. <laughs> you it. Yeah, yeah, he
1: has three minutes to
3: live, sure. and, you, okay. and yeah. you know that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, then yeah, I would definitely ask him about his faith and his. Uh, I really would. I mean, if he's on a deathbed. What, what do you have to lose, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, you don't have anything to lose even if he's not on his deathbed, right? No, I know. Like I know. uh it's the the promises are eternal promises, right? And and we have gifts to look forward to in heaven beyond here, right? This isn't our home, right? So Janessa, what do you think you would say to Justin if uh you were in that situation?
4: Yeah, I agree. I think that The most important thing to us is having a relationship with God. And if he was on his deathbed, then that was the first thing that would would pop into my mind. And that would be the most important thing that he would need to know before he died.
1: Right. Well, that's good. Um, Okay, here's the last thing. I'm just going to share something with you guys. And this is the method that we use a lot of the time when we're talking to strangers on the street, whether we have this microphone or not, okay? What we do, we hand, we've got these little tracks here. And they've got the church information on them. And they look like a million-dollar bill, okay? (laughs) And then on the back, it says the million-dollar question, right? So we hand people those things. And on the back, it has the million-dollar question. And the million-dollar question is this. Where will you spend eternity, right? And that's a question that everyone needs to be able to answer before they walk off the face of this planet, you know? And so uh, we tell them, you know, the Bible says heaven and hell. Heaven's for good people. Hell's for bad people. That's what the Bible teaches, right? Essentially. So what then we do is we, we ask them, do you think you're a good person or a bad person? And do you think you'll end up in heaven or hell? And most people will say that they think they'll end up in heaven, mm-hmm. right? And so what we do is we say, okay, well, God has given us a standard in his word by which we can know whether we qualify for that or not, okay? Mm-hmm. And we'll take them through the law and we'll say, all right, one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not bear false witness, you know, thou shalt not lie. So have you ever told a lie? Have you ever told a lie before? Yeah. Have you? yes so what does it make you if you tell lies a sinner yeah a sinner more specifically a lying,
3: lying sinner. a liar
1: <laughs> A liar. right okay and so uh usually a more appropriate question isn't have you lied it's how many times have you lied and most people can't count them you know here's another one "Thou shall not steal right uh have you ever stolen anything in your life taken anything you ever downloaded a song that you didn't uh that you didn't purchase online you know have you ever done that yes i have like hundreds of times yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so what does the bible say uh you are if you if you steal things not even that the bible says it common sense says it if you steal things you're a a
4: stealer a sinner a thief a thief a yeah. thief, a thief. <laughs> a
1: thief. Yeah. you'd be amazed how many people say stealer Stealern. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah a liar's a liar a stealer <laughs> okay all right here's another one um i shall not take the name of the lord in vain uh, you know taking Taking God's name in vain is the same taking uh, the name of God or the name of Jesus Christ and using it the same way you'd use a swear word or or just using it without honor, without giving it due honor. Okay, and the Bible says that uh, He will not be held guiltless who takes the name of the Lord in vain, right? And uh, and so have you ever have you ever taken the name of the Lord in vain? Okay, so the Bible calls that blasphemy, right? So that's three of the Ten Commandments, and I got I got just two more quick ones for you. Uh, but, uh, one of the Ten Commandments is, I shall not commit adultery. Have you ever committed adultery? No. No. No, never. Okay, well, Jesus said, you know what Jesus said about adultery, right? No. Okay, <laughs> Jesus said if you even look upon a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery with her already in your heart. For you, it would be a guy, right? Like, Janessa, um, so... With knowing that now, have you ever in your life committed adultery? Well, it's sure. Yes or no? Sure.
4: We're <laughs> engaged, so.
1: <laughs> okay, so so if you've if you've ever uh, looked with lust, because God sees not only the sins that you outwardly do and the things that you speak, but the very things of your heart, you know, and that sin when we talked about repentance, that's a sin even that we need to repent of, right? How about uh, thou shalt not kill? Have you ever killed anyone? No. Now think carefully. Think about the trick I just played with the adultery question. Yeah, I'm going to say no. <laughs> no? Okay, well, Jesus said, if you hate your brother, you've committed sin. And if you've been angry without just cause, without a perfectly just cause, uh, then you're guilty of the judgment also. Have you ever done that? Uh, yeah. So, uh, I thought it was that thou shalt not murder. It's thou shalt... Well, murder is the idea, yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, okay, so... In my heart, if, I, if I'm angry at someone for no reason at all, I've, I've murdered
1: them in my heart. That's what Jesus said, yeah. Okay, then yes, I have. Okay, see, so this is this is only five of the Ten Commandments, all right? And we've gone through five commandments, and uh, i got to admit, I'm in the same boat as you guys, you know? Uh, if I'm honest with myself, and you guys have just been honest with us, you're lying, thieving, blasphemous, murderous, adulterers at heart, right? Right. And so, if you stand before God on Judgment Day, based on that, okay, that's important. Based on that, uh, what do you think the verdict would be—innocent or guilty? Innocent.
4: <laughs> what? Based on that alone? No, <laughs> guilty.
1: Guilty. Based on that alone is what I'm saying. Oh,
3: that alone? Sure. Yeah, guilty.
1: <laughs> okay, because that's what most people that we talk to don't profess any faith in Christ, right? Okay, so, yeah. so based on that, uh, then you'd be guilty. And what the Bible says—the uh, punishment for sin. Uh, It says, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this comes the judgment. So we'll stand before God and be judged for the things we've done in this body. And because God is a holy God and a just God, perfectly just, perfectly holy, totally separate from sin, he cannot allow any sin, even one sin, to go unpunished. Okay? And so, because of that sin, what the Bible says we've earned for ourselves, the wages of sin is death. The Bible describes a physical death, but also the second death, which is... Uh, which is the lake of fire, which is uh, eternal hell it's a spiritual death, okay, and so what we've earned for ourselves because of our sin is death and then hell forever um, so uh, so what then would anyone do you know this is something that we would ask people what then what hope does anyone possibly have to go to heaven you know and uh, we go on to just to just explain to them simply that. I, ex- I explained to you already the wages of sin is death. Yeah. Jesus Christ came to this earth 2,000 years ago, fully God and fully man, and lived a perfect life, and he never sinned. But what happened to Jesus? He went to hell. He went to hell? Yeah. Jesus did?
3: Yeah.
4: He was crucified.
1: He died. That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> the- <laughs> he
3: wasn't in hell for those three days.
1: He wasn't in hell, he was in the grave he was <laughs> okay well we're gonna have to disagree on that right, one no, but uh the thing. but That's the cool. thing <laughs> but the thing is uh jesus jesus died okay but the wages of sin is death so jesus never earned death for himself so by him dying what he what the bible says is he took on the punishment for our sins he paid the fine for our sins he used the propitiation in our place for our sins okay um he died spent three days uh in the tomb and uh, after, after three days, he rose again, defeating death, defeating sin, uh, showing the power over hell and, and death and sin that he had. Uh, and then and he did all of that so that his righteousness could be uh, put on us. Our sin put on him, his righteousness put on us. That's the exchange. And it's a gift from God, but, but the thing about a gift is it has to be received, right? I can hand you a gift... All day long, and until you take it from me, it's not yours, right? And so, so the way that this works is God has God has laid out exactly how you can uh, receive this gift from Him. He's offering it; you just have to receive it. And the way you receive it, the Bible says, is by repentance of your from your sin and faith in the, in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Okay, and so Jesus Christ's blood is very important in all of this. His blood was shed as the perfect lamb, uh, just like in the Old Testament, sacrificing lambs and sheep and all that. Um, and John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, right? So when Jesus Christ died, we by faith can receive his righteousness based on, on what he did. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Completely. Yeah, so do you think that would be something easy for you to, to communicate to somebody if you just ended up in a conversation with somebody? Uh, I do, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Have you ever heard it just put simply like that before? Or?
4: I have. I think that anyone who doesn't know a lot about the subject yeah. has a lot of questions. So yeah, it's, for easy, sure. it's easy to put in those terms, but I think that anyone who doesn't have a lot of knowledge about it would have a lot more questions after that.
1: Yeah, probably probably but that's where that's where a good knowledge of the of the bible comes in right because you can sit down with the bible and show them look this is what the, this is what the scripture says about this this is what the bible says so yeah i would just encourage you guys uh to to really uh be bold with your faith and and share it with people because the fact is we're in a world full of people who are going to hell we're we're in a world full of people who don't know god and are and are gonna uh suffer torment whether you believe that's in flames or or not, it's still described as torment, you know, and it's forever. It's for eternity. And eternity, everyone everyone who's alive right now will be dead for far longer than they're alive, you know. And uh, so I just want to maybe put a bit of urgency in you guys to understand how important it really is that when we hold the truth and we have the truth, we need to share it with others. So I thank you guys for, uh, for participating in this. And... Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll let you guys get somewhere and warm up, all right? Have a good night. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks.
0: A lot. Thanks. Thanks. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of the Cross Current. Will you help hear H E A R at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full time on July 1st. But to equip more Christians online and to engage more non Christians on air, we need your support. To pray, give, and go with us, visit helphear.ca. Hi, this is Kirk Cameron, and you're listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. Hi, this is Corey McKenna, founder of the Cross Current and host of TCC Radio. And I officially welcome you to our coverage of the most vital event in all of human history. In this series, we're keeping the cross current at Easter in the hope that all who hear the good news of Jesus Christ will come to believe. But do you know that the only way we come to believe in Jesus unto eternal life is by seeing clearly our personal involvement in his excruciating death? So that's why at the end of each episode, we'll be walking through the true history of Easter to experience for ourselves and hopefully in ourselves what really happened. Because within this story about the scandalous sentencing and death of Christ and within the hearts of the various characters involved, we see ourselves and the ultimate decision we all must face, what to do with the Son of God. So let's step into the story at John chapter 18. Jesus has just been betrayed by Judas, arrested by the Romans, denied by Peter, and now he's been brought by the Jews, his own people, to stand trial before Pilate. Now, though Pilate finds no guilt in Jesus, the Jews still ask him to release a man named Barabbas instead of Jesus. And it's here that we encounter our first of three characters that we'll look at in this story. And I'm going to suggest that Barabbas depicts depravity. The Bible tells us that Barabbas was a sort of first century terrorist who'd committed multiple crimes. He was about as depraved as a person as you'd find, and this is key, especially standing beside the perfect, sinless Son of God. Let me ask you, do you see yourself in Barabbas? But I'm not a criminal. Really? Well, I guess it depends who you compare yourself to, because compared to Jesus Christ, who's ultimately the one by whom you'll be judged, we're all more like Barabbas than we care to admit. Listen carefully to how God describes all people before they come to saving faith in Christ. Romans 3 verses 10 to 12. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. See, like Barabbas, we're all totally depraved in God's sight before coming to Christ. Meaning, as guilty sinners, we lack any spiritual good in ourselves, and so we also lack the ability to do anything that will in itself please God either. And standing beside Christ, Barabbas looked that much worse. And when you stand before Christ and he compares you to his standard of righteousness, perfection, you'll stand equally as guilty and condemned as Barabbas because you too are totally depraved. But but because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's hope at Easter. You see, there's a final point on Barabbas here that we can't miss. The picture of redemption portrayed in this criminal exchange. The story goes on to say that Jesus was sentenced to die in place of Barabbas. And so you may also see yourself in Barabbas in that though you too are a criminal, fully deserving of death, You too can be set free from all crimes. How? Only through repenting and putting your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. What an amazing picture of God's amazing grace and redemption at Easter. Well, thanks again for listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. You can access this podcast online at tccradio.com. I'm Corey McKenna, in the studio and on the street, keeping the Cross Current in our culture. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of the Cross Current, Will you help here, H-E-A-R, at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st. But to equip more Christians online and to engage more non-Christians on air, we need your support. To learn how to pray, give, and go with us, visit helphere.ca. That's H-E-L-P-H-E-A-R dot C-A. We thank God for
2: you and your partnership in His gospel.